Now it's time to cut through the clutter and noise with one of the South's most recognized voices. Just saying. This is Just Saying with Jason Scarborough. Jason, what's up, brother? You may not always agree with him, but he's just saying. Now let's get to it with the man, the myth, the legend. Well, most days. Here's Jason Scarborough. Well, hey, hey, welcome back, right? We're back. We didn't go anywhere for very long. Well, okay, we were off for a few weeks, and I apologize for that, but just saying we are back and ready to go. Thanks for downloading the podcast. If you uh, already had it subscribed to, I don't know how all that works with iTunes and Spotify and TuneIn Radio and Stitcher and all those different apps, but wherever you're listening, Sincerely, thank you. You could be listening at spiritmedianet.com. Appreciate you tuning in there if you are listening on the website. So thanks for tuning in there as well. So off we go. Pack show. Really excited about the show we've got lined up for you today. It is going to be sports heavy because I'll be honest, I think we need a break from everything else. I'm just going to be honest. We need a break from everything else. Now we will cover, obviously, everything going on in the world, a lot of different topics, a lot of different things going on in the world. We will cover that. Everything from matters of faith to sports, entertainment. Yes, we will dive into the political realm every now and then. So let me go ahead and just talk about that right out of the gate, if I can. There's a lot going on in the world, specifically our country. Yes, the election. We're going on a couple of weeks, coming up on a couple of weeks ago we held our election, there's still a lot of things going on back and forth, red state, blue state. And this is what I'll say about that. You can vote for a particular candidate. You can have particular views on our current president, the potential president. But I would ask you to ask yourself why you vote the way that you vote. What are the issues that are important to you? What are the things that are important to you? What are the non-negotiables? And that's the question. Because if you're voting just to vote against or for someone, you're missing the point. If you're voting just because you want someone out, you're missing the point. If you're voting just because you don't like someone, you don't like the other candidate, and that's on both sides. If you're voting just because you don't like the other candidate, you're missing the point. I would ask all of you, within the sound of my voice, to ask yourself why you vote the way that you vote. Why do you hold true to party lines the way that you hold true? That's what I would ask you to do. In the non-negotiables, here's how I determine how I vote. Non-negotiables for me, harming children in any shape, form, or fashion. If you are for that in any way, th- there's not, there's no negotiating there. Okay. That's a non-negotiable for me. Harming children, harming infants, harming babies. So you should know where I stand on the abortion topic. Okay. Secondly, I'm not for harming elderly people. All right. That's a non-negotiable. Putting elderly folks in danger in any shape or form, harming them in any shape or form, not for it. Okay. Thirdly, I'm against anything that permits government to say they're going to come and take something from my home. 
They're going to tell me how many people I can have in my home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'm against that. Those are three things that are non-negotiable, all right? This is America, but it's quickly slipping away for a lot of different reasons. And it's not for the reasons that some of you think it's slipping away. We have lost sight of what is important and what made America, America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, right? We just celebrated Veterans Day. There are people that fought and died so that you can get on social media and rant like a lunatic. I'll raise my hand because I do the same thing. There are people that fought and died so you could protest. There are people that fought and died for this country and what it stands for. And we're losing sight of what makes this country so special. And let me just say this while I'm at it. If you don't like it here and you think it's so terrible and it's awful and you want to compare it to, I've seen some really ridiculous comparisons. (laughs) It's awful comparisons. If you don't like it, I am sure that I could refer you to a travel agent or even a real estate agent that could find you somewhere across the pond if you don't like it here. Well, they're welcome to leave. I say that about my home state here in Mississippi. You don't like it. You don't have to stay here. There's no one handcuffing you here. Literally. You can leave. If America is so terrible, you don't have to stay here. If Mississippi is so terrible, you don't have to stay here. If the state where you are, whether it's, I'm not even going to name a a state in particular, but we've had folks from all across the country that listen to this podcast. I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way. I'm just saying that because of the guests that we have on all across the country, from sports to entertainment to political issues, we do have guests on from, from all over the country. And if you don't like it in your current state, guess what? You can leave there as well. This notion or this this new thing that's come about, it's not really new, but this this new attitude that you just want to sit and groan and complain. And and I want to say another word, but I'm not going to. But you want to sit there and just constantly complain and fuss and be miserable and constantly find fault with something going on. Do we have issues in this country? Absolutely. But this is still America. This is still the greatest country in the world. And there's a lot to be proud of. Now, what's interesting is the issues that we should be angry about, we should be upset about. We're not. This country is murdering unborn babies at an alarming rate. And whether you're a believer or not, whether you're a Christian, whether you are a person of faith or religious convictions or not, I just don't understand how you can look. You won't look me dead in the eye and tell me that you think that that's okay. You just won't do it. I've heard that I can be intimidating sitting across in a living room, across a table, whatever the case is. Okay, maybe I can be intimidating. It could be because if you don't, if you don't, as Coach Howell, who would join us later, if you don't bring your wad, in other words, you, you don't bring it, look, you, you want to make a point to me, you want to make a point, you want to debate, you want to make your claim, you want to you make your stance, that's fine, but you better bring it, you better have some stuff to back it up, you better have a really good reason why you think it's okay to murder babies. You better have a good reason, because there's not one. So for me, I just think that there's a lot of issues in this country that that we're not focusing on. 
the fact that I don't know everyone's just become so so nasty, so mean, so ugly. It's just there's so much ugliness out there. Life is way too short to stay angry continuously about something. It's just too short. And there's just a lot of tension, a lot of anger. Life is way too short to stay angry, to stay frustrated. It just is. I might sound like I'm rambling, but a few weeks ago, I had surgery. I I never had surgery. I was nervous about it. That's why we've been out for a few weeks here with Just Saying Our Podcast. Thanks to those of you who subscribe to this podcast and, and download and listen. Thank you. And I, and I hope you won't stop listening because I'm just always going to be brutally honest about the things that I hold dear, the things that, that I have personal convictions about. So I had surgery a few weeks ago. It was on October 20th. I was very public about what the surgery was for on my personal Facebook page. I was scared. I'll be honest. I was a little worried. But I really buckled down and prayed, and I had a peace that surpassed all understanding the day of the surgery. I was in the hospital for two days. Came home. The recovery has gone according to plan. It's been long, but it has gone according to plan. Thank God. But in that process, I'll be honest with you, I was just glad to be alive on the other side. When I got out of surgery and I got to see my mom and dad, had a couple of friends come by to see me. I was just glad to to be here. I was glad to be able to hear my mom and dad arguing about something trivial. As funny as that is, I was glad to just pick up the phone and talk to my brother who, who called me from two states over to, to check on me and to hear, hear his laugh, to talk to my niece and hear that sweet little voice asking if I was okay and did I want, did I want her to bring me some soup or something. It's the little things that are really the big things in life. And that's what I think we lose sight of and we've lost sight of that. We get so caught up and, and so frustrated and pissed off about things that we're just so tertiarily connected to. We call the big things the little things and vice versa. Maybe I'm rambling. Maybe it's the post-surgery. I, I don't know, but life's just short, man. It just is. And we get so caught up in, in so many things that we, can't, we can literally have no effect on. Or will never really affect us in the long run. And we ignore the things that we should be frustrated, we should be passionate about in this world, in this country. That's just where we are. Well, that's just your faith coming through, and that's just your 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 religious beliefs bleeding over into the to the podcast. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you have a choice. You don't have to listen, but I think if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you understand that I am a Christian, I am a believer, and I do have some non-negotiables when it comes to things that that are being talked about right now in the world, Uh, specifically concerning this election, the process that is still ongoing. Let me just say this while I'm at it. The way that I was brought up, the oldest of four, okay, big family, we didn't get any handouts. That's just the way that my, my parents brought us up. We didn't get any handouts. We were taken care of, yes. Did our parents make sure that we had food on the table, clothes on our back, had resources, had support, had prayerful parents? Yes, we had those things. Handouts, no. Got to go get it. Got to work for it. I had a job when I was 
13 years old. Actually, my first job was mowing yards. Bought my first pair of Air Jordans with cash at age 12. Went and got a bunch of yards to mow. Slapped down $140 in cash on the counter and said, I want those at age 12. Taught me a valuable, valuable life lesson. And that was instilled in me by my parents at a young age. You can have anything in life you want, like Zig Ziglar says. You can have anything in life you want as long as you're willing to help others get what they want too. And that's been the motto. That's been kind of the the family mantra. Hey, help others. Work hard and help others. So all that to say, there's a competitive gene, I guess you could say, within all of us too. We wanna We want to be really, really good at everything we do. And so I believe that's carried me in this particular career that I'm in, being in radio for 20 plus years here in small market Mississippi and getting to the point of where it's grown to the point of where the guests we're having on, whether it's on camera, on this podcast, it stretches all sorts of channels of life, if you will, sports, politics, entertainment, Matters of faith, you name it, we've got a guess for it. And this podcast is still evolving. Here's what I'll say for me, and I think so many others, if you're competing in any realm of life, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's you're trying to get a promotion at your job, whatever the case is, you want to know you're the best because you beat the best or you outperform the best or you outranked the best, whatever, whatever it is, you want to know that you won fair and square. You want to know when you put your head on your pillow, you want to know, yep, I won that award or I got that promotion or I got that recognition or I got that rating because I'm the best. At least right now in that moment, you're the best, right? That's how I've always been. I want to know if I beat you at something, I beat you at your best and there's no question It is unquestionable that I beat you and that I'm the best. Same thing for someone who's gone against me. I've been bested many times in my life, and I will be many more times, more than likely. And that's okay. But for me, I want to know that it was done fair, honest, and there's no questions whatsoever about who the best is in that particular competition, that particular job promotion, Whatever that situation is, I want to know. I beat you at your best, and it is unquestioned that I won. Why should it be any different for the election that decides who is the most powerful man in the free world, the president of the United States of America? I cannot understand that. Can someone please help me understand? Why is there an issue? Why would you want to win When there's nefarious activity that's taking place, I don't understand it. Why would you even want to win that way? That's just something I can't wrap my head around. I don't get it. If I win anything, I want to know that I did it the right way. I want to know that I could put my head on my pillow and say I did it the right way. But that's just me and billions of others in America. (laughs) Maybe that's you. I hope that that's you. Because if you're going to win in life, you want to know that you did it the right way and that it's unquestioned, that you dominated. You want to know that you won. And I think that's a, what we're seeing is kind of a microcosm of what 
we're dealing with in our country and our world. Everyone wants to be patty caked and pampered and sweet talked and cotton candy and bubble gummed. Uh, that's not life. That's not how life works. It's just not. We become weak. We become soft. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone wins. You get a trophy. You get a trophy. Everyone gets a trophy. I think that's a lot of what's wrong with this world and this country, in particular this country. We are a participation trophy world at this point. We become soft. Everyone gets so flippant offended at every single thing, too. Pump the brakes. Relax. A lot of the things you're getting ticked off about are not that deep, I promise. The things you need to be getting ticked off about, the things you should be passionate about, for some reason, a lot of you are not. You're not passionate. You're not frustrated. You're not conflicted about the things that you should be conflicted about, the things you should be passionate about. You're not. A lot of us need to wake up. Need to wake up. There's a lot of things going on around us that should concern us for the sake of ourselves, for the sake of our parents, for the sake of our children, for the little people in our lives, for our grandparents. There's a lot going on we should be concerned about and give our attention to. And unfortunately, that's not happening. That's my opening segment. If it ticked you off, hey, you can always hit unsubscribe. I mean, it's fine. You don't have to listen. But I hope you'll stay tuned because we got a pretty good show lined up. It, it is sports heavy because I wanted to go ahead and just get that out in the open and just kind of go on a little bit of a, not a rant, I hate to call it that, but I just, I'm passionate about a lot of different things. It saddens me that we are not passionate about the right things in this country, in this world. And it concerns me. And it's frustrating and it saddens me. So, just wanted to get that out of the way. Hope you'll stay tuned. we got a big show lined up. Pretty good show. It is sports heavy. Uh, we've got Max Howell, former college football coach. Gosh, he coached in the SEC. He coached at Florida State. He was a guest on our show, Audibles. If you haven't checked out Audibles, I encourage you to do so. Pretty good show. I think it is because I'm the, I'm the host. But you can find it at spiritmedianet.com. You can find it on our YouTube channel, Spirit Media Network. Hit subscribe to our YouTube channel at Spirit Media Network. And you can find us on Facebook under the same name. We're on Twitter, Spirit Media MS. But yeah, Max Howell, he coached Deion Sanders at Florida State, coached Emmett Smith in high school. He's going to jump on and talk about college football. What's going on at Georgia, at Tennessee, South Carolina, Mississippi State fans here, kind of close to, to my neck of the woods. What are they thinking about what's going on in Starkville right now? How about Ole Miss fans? Should they be excited? Should they be optimistic? Max will tell you coming up in a little bit. Speaking of Ole Miss, the athletic director at Ole Miss, he's Keith Carter, former Ole Miss basketball star. He has had a really good year. The hire of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, the basketball team adding some pieces. Uh, you've got the baseball team will carry, I think it's the nation's longest winning streak whenever we throw the first pitch for college baseball coming up. So Keith is going to jump on and join us. And a really cool story. I'm, I'm really proud to, to welcome in this guest here in a little bit, Ben Mintz. He is the newest addition to Barstool Sports. He's a Mississippi native, Ole Miss grad, uh, spent a lot of time down in Louisiana. So he, he's got a, a lot of love for Mississippi and Louisiana. And his story, how he got hired at, at Barstool Sports, is pretty cool. 
It's pretty interesting. So I hope you'll listen to that. Matter of fact, we'll, we'll go ahead and get Ben on next after this timeout. So you'll want to listen to it. It's, it's a really interesting story how he got hired, moved to New York, and uh, he is just tearing it up there. Really look forward to seeing that story unfold. So Ben will join us next. Max Howell, former college football coach and radio legend. And, of course, Keith Carter, the athletic director at Ole Miss, is going to join us coming up in a little bit as well. So stay tuned. Thanks for jumping back on with us. I mean, hey, it's been a few weeks. Don't give up on us. We got a lot of good stuff coming up here on Just Saying. Back with more Ben Mitz coming up next after this time out on the Spirit Media Network. During times of uncertainty, it's comforting to know we have a healthcare system in our community that's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, we are standing together and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC caring for our community like no one else can. When it comes to cooking meals, drying clothes, heating water, and my home, natural gas from Centerpoint Energy is the best way to go. It saves money, offers comfort, and is better for the environment. So whether you're buying a new home or just replacing appliances, go with clean-burning, affordable natural gas from right here in the U.S. At Centerpoint Energy, we're investing in infrastructure to help bring comfort and savings to you. Visit centerpointenergy.com slash natural gas benefits to learn more. Centerpoint Energy, always there. Not cheap, trucks don't wreck themselves. Mama ain't a shrink, dad ain't a bank, and God ain't a way. And we roll on here on Just Saying, and you know, look, I'm just glad to be able to say that. We've kind of been on a several-week hiatus. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. Thanks to all of you for your well wishes. It's been great uh, to read the text messages and DMs and emails so uh appreciate that it's a little scary a little bumpy there for a little bit but you know scarborough's not going anywhere I'm, I'm back in the saddle speaking of somebody that's not going anywhere i'm really happy to welcome our next guest on this is someone that I, i'm really rooting for not that he needs me to root for him at all but ben mintz he is the newest addition to barstool sports recently moved to new york Ben and I actually communicated last summer. We're going to try to hook up on a couple of projects. I had I'd been following Ben on Twitter. We were following each other. Just We've stayed in touch and so so glad to welcome him on, just saying. And, and Ben, it has been a wild ride for you so far. And, you know, I, I'm proud of you, first of all. Just kind of take folks listening through this journey that has ended up with you moving to New York and working with with El Prez and everybody else at Barstool Sports. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on, just saying, Jason. And I want to share just how I got to know Jason. So it's 2020. I mean, I, I've had a I've had a vastly different experience than most people. It's been uh, actually the most maybe the most positive year of my entire life. And I got to know Jason when I actually got let go. I was Drive Time Sports Radio. I hosted Mixing Up with Mints in Shreveport and Bossier City, Louisiana, from December of 2015 to, I believe, March the 9th, 2020. So I did four years and three months there. And right as COVID hit, I got hit with the, the one of the worst words you can hear in the radio business, the station reformat change. And uh, they called me in the office. The GM said, look, we think you're awesome. Your show makes money. Nothing else is making money. We're flopping it. 
And I remember uh, how I got to know you was I made a post about it on Twitter where I, I just thanked everybody and didn't get into the mudslinging. And I'm, you know, man, of, I'm a believer and a man of faith, and I don't believe in, you know, just being negative. I try to avoid negative energy. And so I just kind of took the higher road and didn't get into the, you know, talking about the bad stuff of it. And you actually uh, caught that and saw that, and you reached out to me uh, almost immediately. I believe it was the day I got let go, and uh, that's kind of how our relationship started. But moving on from there, so. Basically, I got let go in early March. I moved back to Oxford, Mississippi, where I've spent about 10 years of my life total in late March and just hung out there for three months during COVID and just play. I have a, I was a professional poker player from 2006 to 2014. And so online, I just played online poker for three months. And in late June, I got a call and got hired by ESPN Baton Rouge, uh, which I've done a lot of stuff with for, for four years. I thought I had a good chance to get a job down there, but COVID held it up. But I got hired by them in late June, and so I was the co-host of Jimmy Ott's Game Time. And I was thrilled to live in Baton Rouge. I mean, I had a house in the Garden District. I love ESPN Baton Rouge, Guarantee Media, just so much professionalism, just a great company to work for. And then on, I believe it was the second game of the year, so it was October the 3rd, I was watching Ole Miss Kentucky at my house, and Kentucky's kicker misses that extra point in overtime after Kentucky scores. Kentucky's up 41-35. Ole Miss scores and then kicks the extra point to go to, to win. And I'm just going nuts, kind of letting out about four years of Rebel frustration, to be honest, because uh, that's the first big win since the 2016 edit, the m game when Shea Patterson uh, came in and won. And so I was just kind of going nuts. And my producer, Martin Black, Playboy Marty, he just flips on his phone just to, like, video me going nuts, thinking it'll be funny for our social media with radio. You know, nothing more than that. So Martin tweets out, Looks like someone's excited about Lane Kiffin's first SEC win. It gets a good reaction Saturday night. I don't think much of it. Sunday morning, I'm driving to Natchez, Mississippi, and my phone goes off like a nuclear bomb at 9 a.m. I look down, and Dave Portnoy, El Prez, retweets that SEC football just gets different. And it's me going nuts uh, with Lane Kiffin on the screen. Went on get, doing a big hotty-totty, just all, the, whole, the whole bit. When Ole Miss wins, and then I look down, and Dave Portnoy follows me on Twitter, and I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? And then I get a DM, that uh, the DM that changed my life, that 10 minutes before I go on the air on my football Sunday morning show with the former LSU great quarterback, Rohan Davey and Jimmy Ott, Dave Portnoy said, uh, is that you? And I said, yes, because I guess they did some research on me. And he said, we're ready for you to come up to New York and work for Barstool Sports. Wow. I jumped out of my chair. I just was like, this is, I mean, this can't even be real. I just got let go exposure seven months ago. And uh, so I talked to Dave. Uh, first phone call we scheduled was the next day. He calls me. I'm, in, I'm standing on the bluffs and Natchez right from the Mississippi River getting ready for a show. I said hello. First thing I, Prez ever says to me is, your voice sounds exactly how I hoped it would. Cause I got the <laughs> southern draw. And then he said, look, I don't know everything about life, but I've been pretty good about finding talent, and you're my guy. And I was just like, whoa. (laughs) And uh, he gave me an option of whether I wanted to move up to New York. I could stay south. And, uh, you know, but he encouraged New York if I could do it. And I did a little research on the company, and I just realized it's such a unique uh, entrepreneurial company. It's all about being up here and being in the office, getting to know everyone. you know, it's such a huge opportunity to work for Barstool Sports. I think I'd regret it the rest of my life if I didn't give it my best shot. And so I moved up here and uh, actually brought my producer, Martin Black, uh, Playboy Marty, who filmed it. Got, uh, I brought him with me, got him on here too. And uh, we're living in Hell's Kitchen in New York now and, you know, getting adjusted to, to, the, to my new life. And it's going great so far. So it's uh, been a crazy 2020. 
uh, very, very blessed and grateful. And I think what's interesting about your story, and you mentioned just being positive. I mean, you are one of the most positive guys. I mean, we, we had a phone conversation, and I didn't ask you to do that, but thank you for, for mentioning how we got to know each other. And, you know, just that's what I guess it's the same thing that drew press to you was I was like, man, this guy's just so positive. And he's outspoken about his faith, too. And But he's also outspoken about, hey, I'm human. We all make mistakes. We all we all go through this journey of life. But just the positivity. I mean, you're an easy guy to talk to, easy guy to be around. And I think that's what's interesting about your story is you just stayed positive and stayed true to yourself. You stayed true to everything that you knew to be true, your faith, who you are, who your friends are, what you bring to the table. And now it's paid off in really, really big ways for you. And I, I think that's your story is one of my favorite stories that, that I've ever been able to even be somewhat connected to. Because when you got hired at Barstool, I remember texting you that day and saying, dude, this is incredible. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have been happier for you. And so I just think that for you, I just I wonder how many times you've thought about what your story could mean to somebody who's going through it right now, who's been laid off, who's they just feel like they're hitting their head up against a wall right now in media because radio, TV, podcasting, all these different mediums can lead you to the point of where you want to give up, you want to hit your head against a wall. And I think your story proves if you just keep going, you just keep staying positive, keep the faith, keep working, keep plugging along, good things will happen for you. Is that... Is that kind of your mantra, kind of your motto for life? Well, yeah, and also just to be transparent, you know, I, I, I so I basically a, a part of my journey was I actually came back. I'm a diehard Ole Miss guy. I came back and finished my degree in Oxford in 2014 and 2015 when I was 31 years old. And I had a lot of success in the poker world in 2006 to 14. But, man, I, I'll be truthful. I was down in New Orleans. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a strong face back then. I mean, I was living a pretty wild lifestyle. And uh, traveling around the poker tour and living in NOLA. And I was at a point in my life in May 2014 where I'm glad that uh, I had self-awareness. And I realized, like, hey, you know, you've talked about wanting to go back and finish school and all that. You need to do it now because I don't like the path that I was on at that point. And uh, it was such a great arc in my journey was going from very successful. I actually got 75th in the World Series of Poker Main Event in 2011. I had a lot of success. But I I had a great moment where I was just like, I'm going to go back to school and I want to thank Publicly, uh, my, my, one of my best friends in Oxford, he's a uh, number two bartender at City Grocery, a guy named Elliot Willard, tall guy with a ponytail. You ever up in Oxford, go see him, say hello. But he called me and said in May 2014, he said, Ben, you've been talking about coming back to school. You know, you only have a year left. I got us this house right by the square on Jackson. It's put up or shut up time. And uh, he really kind of called me out. And I, I realized, I was like, this guy's right. I'm in a rut in life. I need to go back and finish this and just reset my priorities. And I think the most humbling experience for me wasn't even just finishing my finance degree. It was uh, going from being really successful in poker to taking a part-time job in the kitchen at Proud Larry. And I was 31 years old, making salads and sweeping floors for $8 an hour. And at the time, I, I don't want to say I was ashamed of that, but a little bit. And now I look back, and that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it reset my priorities. It made me humble, and it made me grateful. And right after I finished Ole Miss, I, I really got lucky to get involved with sports radio, uh, my buddy Sean Fox, who's sports radio in Monroe and Ruston, North Louisiana, uh, they Shreveport offered him this job 
with the station I worked for for four years. And he said, hey, I got a wife. I got a kid. I can't do it. But I got a guy that's got a funny personality, a lot of knowledge, but he's extremely raw, no experience. And he recommended me and they took a shot on me. And, you know, I was, I mean, I'll be honest, I was horrible the first nine months. I mean, period a three hour radio show, no experience, no joke. But, you know, once we got to the first football season and I, I'm a big fantasy guy, big gambling guy, and I also called 5A games on the radio. I just immersed myself in it. And, you know, anything you do a lot of and put a lot into and you're passionate about it, you can improve and grow. And, you know, that's, uh, I kind of worked up through sports radio for four years and i gotta mention uh, i mentioned that i work for espn baton rouge i gotta thank publicly off the bench which is t bob Bear and jordy colada they're the number one sports morning show in louisiana they're 7 to 9 a.m they're new orleans baton rouge and alexandria I-, I was a part of that show from 2017 till now as the football gambling picks guy every week and that segment got a cult following in south louisiana and uh just to let, i just can't say enough about those guys because I-, I know that 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 platform kind of got me up here to Barstool, and I just really appreciate it. He's on Twitter, Barstool Mincy. I would recommend that you give him a follow. You will be entertained as I have and so many others. So when you got to New York and you met the entire crew with Barstool, I mean, you got Casey, you got Pres- Presidente. Who's this Mississippi State guy? I'm kind of saying that tongue in cheek because there was some pushback. <laughs> There's some pushback from him, and the only reason I know that because I saw the the video on your twitter feed and so what has that been like between you and the resident mississippi state fan there brandon walker well i'll tell you this so before i came up here i i thought about it just strategically wise and uh, i went to auburn old miss weekend in oxford and uh, i gotta thank the old miss athletic department especially paris scannon who helped run their marketing they rolled out the red carpet for me i got to meet lane kiffin uh, gave me tickets to the game and i really just wanted to get my face out in oxford because i'm going to be representing old miss nationally and I'll tell you what, Brandon Walker, I mean, everywhere I went in Oxford, I must have had 80 people tell me, you better give this guy a lot of hat (laughs) for all the slander he's talked about our fan base. You know, I don't see that being a problem. And, you know, you've obviously been around the Old Miss State rivalry your whole life. I've just never really, you know, seen as much vitriol and hate as what these Mississippi State male fans have toward Old Miss. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a positive guy. I mean, I actually feel bad for him. That's a walk around the earth with like that much hate in your heart is just tough, I think. And, you know, that's kind of the angle I'm taking with Walker is just letting him be negative and hanging himself. And, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to this egg bowl. Uh, we're going to watch it together. And, you know, judging by what's going on with State right now, I mean, we're going to draft 35 or 40 players at that point with everything going on with that program. So <laughs> telling you. I feel very good about Ole Miss's chances. And we actually have a bet for the egg bowl. Whatever the final score is, the winner gets to throw eggs at the loser outside in New York. Whoa! You get to throw as many no, you get to throw as many eggs as the final as points they win by. So if Ole Miss happens to somehow run it up against State, man, Mister Walker's going to be facing some some, some some cold eggs coming his way. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun though, and I know our fan base too. You know, a lot of people in our fan in the Rebel fan base have been wanting to throw eggs at that guy for more than a minute. What is a common misconception about Portnoy because the the thing I appreciate about Portnoy is he's just he's himself and he doesn't care and that that to me that's something that's lost in this world you and I've talked about that a little bit that Dave is just himself and you guys have seemed to I mean obviously you hit it off because he hired you and brought you to New York but what's something about Dave that maybe the the common fan doesn't know something that you could reveal to to people listening well i'll say this i hadn't got to spend a ton of time with him so far what i did get to do that launched it so my first week at barstool it's my second day i got to do the sunday stream with big cat who uh by the way i can't say enough about big cat 
he's done a lot of stuff with part of my take and Coach O and LSU. And when they were thinking about hiring me, Big Cat reached out to people in Baton Rouge that knew me through ESPN Baton Rouge, and uh, they went to bat for me. And I really appreciate that and always will. But Portnoy, so the second day I'm on the job, they have this thing called a rundown that they do every day. And I'm sitting in my little, in my workspace. It's like an open air workspace. And Dave, I tell you, you can feel his presence when he walks in the room. I mean, he's got a powerful presence. Well, so Dave and Big Cat are getting ready to do the rundown. And he goes, hey, Brandon, come over here to do the rundown with him. Brandon Walker walks over toward it, said, no, I'm going with the other Mississippi guy. And he puts me on the spot to test me with him and Big Cat on the rundown the first day, just to, he just was doing it to see, you know, see if I was nervous, see what he had. And I got on this rundown, and I mean, I, I think I might have had the best segment I've had in my entire career, and what a time to do it. And uh, I had a couple comments he loved. Uh, the, the best one was, uh, you know, I said something like, I've had the craziest year. I got let go in Bossier City, Louisiana. Seven months later, I'm working for Barstool Sports, the American dream. And he loved it. I mean, he couldn't have loved it more. He put it on his Instagram story. And uh, I just really think I impressed him with that rundown. But the thing about Dave, you mentioned, look, we live in a world where a lot of people do a lot of stuff talking behind each other's back and a lot of your face. You know where you stand with Dave Portnoy. I mean, I know, you know, he's very, you know, he, he, you know, sometimes, you know, he's very upfront and he's a brutal truth guy. But look, the world needs more of that. I mean, that's the thing I've been impressed with him. He's going to just... You know, he, he, he's very impulsive, but at least, you you know, he's not going to lie. He's always going to be truthful to a fault. And, you know, you kind of just said that. I mean, that's what we need more of in the world. And, and as far as our relationship goes, I'm looking forward to getting to know him more. But, you know, I'm going to come up here and just be ambitious. I do morning video. I do a one-minute. We do we have a wake-up Missy video I drop on Twitter early in the morning, and then we have an after-dinner mint. I'm part of Pick Central every day, which is an hour radio show uh, from 11 to noon on Barstool Channel 85. And, you know, the stuff with me and Dave, uh, I, I think he, he, he kind of gives you – it's not like a strict thing up here. I mean, they just say, come in here and work. Do it. They give you the keys to it. They give you the big platform. And, you know, after grinding and my story, working four years in Bozier and going back to school, you know, I appreciate this at the age 37, maybe a lot more than I would have if I was 26 or 27. And so I'm up here. I'm going to try a ton of stuff. I mean, I know some of it's going to work. Some of it's going to fail. But if, it, if this, you know, it's not going to be for a lack of effort. That much I can assure you. So when you look at your life over the last seven months, and you just mentioned it, now you're, you know, you get let go. You and I have these conversations. We stay in touch. And then before you know it, you're, you're working at Barstool. I mean, you're sitting in New York right now as we record this interview. And what would be your message to people that they're thinking about giving up they're thinking about throwing in the towel you know they they want to be relevant in this world of media which changes it seems like ben every few months but the one thing that we do know about whether you're podcasting whether you're on television digital video whatever it is you have to be able to to relate and i think that's what people enjoy about you you're relatable you've got to be relatable if you're not relatable you're not going to make it but your message to people that are thinking about throwing in the towel, and maybe they're going through something similar that you were seven months ago, what would be your message to those people? Well, I think the biggest thing is that people in our society just don't have a fear of failure. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because failing is the failing, and then being too afraid to try something is the same thing. But, you know, that that's the thing. I mean, I looked ridiculous on that video that got me this job. I mean, I looked absurd, but it's all about just, you know, putting yourself out there and not having a fear of failure. Uh, one other thing I'd like to mention, too, while you ask the question, 
Uh, I quit drinking in late April this year after drinking. I drank alcohol for 20 years. And I wasn't like a daily drinker, but I mean, I definitely drank a few times a week. And since I stopped in late April, it's affected everything in the best way. I mean, I've lost like 40 pounds. I've gotten healthier and I've just noticed that alcohol just goes dark and negative. And I just feel like the positive mindset, energy, you know, I just, I feel almost reborn uh, through the just getting healthier and getting away from alcohol. And I, I think that, you know, it's so big in our Southern culture. I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't want to sound like I'm passing judgment. I'm not. I mean, look, I did it for 20 years, but I think that that's been a very large impact as far as my faith and, you know, the person I'm evolving into. I'd, I'd like to at least mention that. On the media front, uh, I think you've done a great job of this. It's all about digital now. I mean, the radio thing is still a thing in local markets, especially if you've got those relationships. But, you know, there's so many platforms, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, podcast, you know, just you, you got to, you know, be forward thinking, be creative. Uh, if you can't get set in your ways, if you're, if you're afraid to evolve and change, you're going to get left behind. That's true for media. That's true for sports. That's true for every walk of life. And I think you've done a real good job of, of being forward thinking and going more digital because that's the way of the future. I mean, the radio thing is still a thing. But you don't want it to be your whole thing. You know, you need it to supplement. I think that the digital, embracing the digital world uh, is something I, I, everybody's got to do at this point. I appreciate that. Those are kind words coming from you. And I can't wait to see you, man, when you when you come back down south. I guess I could let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Don't, don't be shocked on season two of Audibles if you see Mitzi make a, uh, an appearance. We, we've already been talking about that. So uh, I just think your story is fantastic. I think you've got a lot to offer this world. Uh, I think God's using you, man. I really believe that. Uh, there in New York, there in Barstool. I, I really believe that. So so what's next for you? What's next for you the rest well, of this the, week? Well, the rest of this week, uh, like I said, we're doing those morning videos, the afternoon videos. I'm on Pick Central. I went to the uh, – so, so here's something I want to mention on here too. Barstool is partnered up with Tim Gaming, which owns casinos all over Mississippi and Louisiana. And in Mississippi, it's the Ameristar and Vicksburg, the Hollywood and Tunica. I'm pretty sure the Margaritaville and Biloxi. Actually, I'm not 100%, but I'm about 80% sure of that. And then also in Louisiana, they own LaBerge, Baton Rouge, LaBerge, Lake Charles, Margaritaville, Bossier, well, Boomtown, Bossier, and NOLA. And Louisiana just passed the sports gambling uh, last week with the election. And so uh, don't be surprised that if you see some Barstool sports books, and I'm going to be coming back and doing a lot of stuff uh, with that in the future. Uh, I'm also a member of the left field tailgate at City Gro the City Grocery left field tailgate in Swayze. So I always like to try to come back uh, to Oxford and Ole Miss a good bit in the spring. And then, you know, I lived in New Orleans from 2009 to 2014. I, I, I'm the I'm the Saints fan up here and the Pels fan. I plan on doing a lot of fun stuff with uh, introducing the true New Orleans culture to the rest of the world that goes farther than Bourbon Street. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Frenchman Street and all the great music venues like Tips and Maple Leaf and you know, even highlights New Orleans restaurants. I mean, there's even talk of thinking about doing po'boy reviews even possibly going around Louisiana. Nice. Uh, I think that might be a hit. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing with this Barstool, I mean, literally, they hand you the platform to the world. It's all about me being creative and open-minded uh, and how I can use it. But, you know, in the future, I'm going to be back in the South a lot more than people think, you know, all over Louisiana, Mississippi. And uh, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I'm not coming back to the Egg Bowl. I'm going to watch it with Brandon Walker. But I am going to Ole Miss LSU in Baton Rouge on December 5th. And so, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get the link up then down there. It'll be awesome, man. Hey, keep up the great work, man. Keep, keep being you. 
because it's a fun story to watch unfold. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us here on Just Saying and, and look forward to sitting down for audibles down the road. And we'll stay in touch, my friend. Keep it up. Sounds good. I want to thank the Ole Miss fan base, too, because uh, at first it was my name wasn't as out with the Ole Miss fans beginning to sports radio I've done was in Louisiana, but uh, it, the, the Ole Miss fans have gotten behind us 100%, and I'm getting an incredible amount of support. I'm very, very, very thankful for that. Look forward to seeing you hopefully in Baton Rouge in a few weeks, Jason. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. He's been Mintz. Follow him on Instagram. He is Barstool Mincy on Insta. Or I'm sorry, on Twitter, actually. Both, Follow him yeah. on Twitter. Barstool yeah. Mincy and I'm a Barstool Mincy on Instagram and Twitter now. I switched the handle last week. Uh, they always call me Mincy in South Louisiana, <laughs> but he gets me in Baton Rouge. And I feel like there's a lot of bins out there, but uh, I like the Mincy name. So well, there's, a, there's only one Mincy, man, and, and that's you. So we, we appreciate it. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. He's been Mintz. He is the newest addition to Barstool Sports, hanging out with us here on Just saying we take a break back with more in a moment here on the spirit media network hello i'm gary jolly from the tractor store in richland now's the best time of the year to say more with mahindra and it all starts with zero pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months that's more for less on many of mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift capacity fuel efficiency and built-in weight so get zero down zero percent interest for up to 60 months on mahindra the world's number one selling tractor Mahindra, available at the Tractor Store in Richland. The Spirit Media Network is providing coverage of sports, faith, and entertainment like no one else in Mississippi and the Deep South. No other media outlet touches all the bases as we do, from the Friday night lights to rubbing shoulders with the biggest names in college athletics. Be sure to follow us on our multiple platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, our YouTube channel, and by downloading our Roku slash smart TV channel, Spirit Live. Check out our website at spiritmedianet.com for upcoming projects and broadcasts. And stay up to date with what's happening on the Spirit Media Network, where we're changing the game. Saying is presented by King's Daughters Medical Center, providing quality care in a Christian environment. Visit kdmc.org to learn more about the KDMC Touch in caring for you and your family. Now, here's Jason. All right, we roll on here just saying with yours truly as we're back after a few weeks. Glad that you're back with us here wherever you're listening. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I finally figured out what Stitcher was. All over, just a lot of different platforms. Tune in radio, you could catch us there. Just really glad to be back in the saddle this week. Glad that you're with us as we welcome in our next guest on the KDMC guest line. He's one of our favorites. He was also one of our guests for Audibles. We still appreciate him for doing that. He is the athletics director at the University of Mississippi. Those old miss rebels he is keith carter and keith first of all man thanks for jumping on i know your schedule this time of year is just insanely hectic i don't even want to see your daily planner right now i can't imagine how busy you are so thanks for taking a few minutes with us no I, i'm glad to be here i appreciate you the invitation to join and uh it has been challenging certainly there's been a lot of things going on but uh always love spending some time with you so excited to be here so what has the biggest challenge been for you personally as as athletic director with all the testing, all the protocols, all the, the fear, I guess, is, is one word you could use. Hey, are we going to play this week or not? And when you look at you and I were talking before we started the interview just about the games that have been rescheduled and or postponed. We don't even know if we're going to have Alabama LSU 
here in 2020. There's just a lot of lot of things up in the air. So what's it been like for you week to week throughout this entire situation, just wondering week to week if, if you're even going to get to play and, and how you handle that just day to day and week to week? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been uh, been an interesting fall. I mean, a lot of anxious moments. Obviously, we're, we're testing three times a week. We test on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And, you know, every every uh, morning you get those tests back, you know, you're, you're anxious that you're going to have positives or, you know, different things. And, and honestly, we've been very fortunate. You know, we, we've, uh, you know, good Lord willing, we're, we're on track to play our, our seventh SEC game this, this weekend. And testing so far this week has been good. But, you know, you look around the league and, and there's been some disruption and we knew there would be, you know, we talked about this back in, in July and August, we knew there would be disruption, but you know, for us, you know, our team has, has done well and uh, you know, had a, had a couple of guys that, that had to sit out, you know, some games a, a couple of weeks ago, one positive and, and a couple of close contacts. And really that's been it for us. And so we've been fortunate. Our, our team and staff have, have been doing the right things and, and the testing has gone pretty well. We've had some other sports, honestly, that, um, have been shut down and, and haven't been able to, to, to do some of their competitions. But you know, overall, I think we, we've done well. But you know, yeah, a lot of, lot of anxious moments. You know, there's just been so much planning and, and, and so much time spent on, on trying to play this season. And, you know, you want to get the games in. And, and you know, for me, it, it all goes back to the student athletes. You know, as we talked about this summer, we wanted to, to make sure that our student athletes were uh, taken care of. They had the resources they needed. And, and now as we get into the competition season, um, I want it for them. You know, they've worked extremely hard and uh, not only physically, but just mentally, again, doing the right things after practice, going home instead of going out and doing uh, a lot of the things that college students do. So um, I just, you know, commend them for, for doing a great job. And, you know, our staff is, is trying to support and, and be, you know, give all the resources that we can. But, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of challenges, a lot of anxious moments, uh, and we'll be anxious all the way until we get the results on, on Friday for this week. But, uh, you know, so far, so good for, for us. Yeah, I was going to say that, that the staff there, I mean, it's a big tip of the hat to, to you and, and really the entire athletic staff there, athletic administration staff, the coaches, everyone, because Ole Miss is one of the, the schools in the SEC that really can be an example for how to get it done, how to test, how to keep everyone safe. And because – you know, as far as the football team is concerned, there hasn't been that many uh, setbacks as far as testing or someone having to sit out that was exposed to the virus. So uh, it's a big tip of hat to the to the coaches and the administration. Now, we'll ask you when we were talking back in July and August, you know, I asked you some questions about Coach Lane Kiffin. Now that the season has kicked off and you've seen him in action, seeing how he operates day to day, seeing how he interacts with the media in the weekly press conferences, after the game, before the game, he's on SEC Network, he's everywhere. Is this kind of what you expected? I mean, is it kind of going according to script so far? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I think when you see just the buzz around our program, uh, you know, the energy around the program, I think that's certainly what we had hoped for. And, uh, you know, I think he would be the first one to tell you that, uh, you know, we wish we had maybe won one or two more games, but uh, but we haven't. And, and we've been we've played well. and We've, we've put a, a you know exciting brand of football on the field. Um, but just as you watch him and the way he runs his program, the way the, uh, the players love playing for him, um, you know, the way the fan base has reacted to him. Um, it's just been, it's been really good, you know, and I think that's what we wanted. We, we knew we needed to bring a coach in that could have those qualities and, and, and have that type of charisma and just, you know, just be polarizing like, like Lane is. And, uh, you know, I think it's been good for us. And so, you know, now I think that we've started to create that buzz. Uh, we, we, again, we put a good product on the field. We played some, some really good games and some close games and some losses. 
uh, now it's time to kind of take that next step and, and win, win a few more of those games and recruit well as we go into recruiting you know, season with, uh, with the, the signing day coming up in December. You know, that's going to be a big part of this as well. But uh, I think so far, so good. I, I'm, I'm really excited about where we are at the program and uh, know that the future is really bright. He's athletic director at Ole Miss. He's Keith Carter joining us here on Just Saying on the KDMC guest line. Getting to know you this summer and, and subsequently every now and then chatting with you, you're, you're extremely competitive. I mean, anybody that knows you or spends any time with you understands how competitive you really are. If they never knew you played basketball, they'd just be like, oh, well, Keith's really easygoing and lay back but you are a competitor so I got to ask how hard is it to try to keep that in check when you have a situation like we did against Auburn the Ole Miss Auburn football game everyone knows what we're talking about how difficult is that for you to just kind of swallow that and finding that balance between athletic director and being the competitive guy you are how how difficult is that uh, it was very difficult and, and still is, honestly. You know, when, when you think about, you know, all of the time and the sweat and the effort and, you know, those things that, that you know, we put into to our profession and our student athletes put into, you know, to, to, to growing their craft and getting better, our coaches. Um, and then for a game to, you know, to come down to something like that, you know, it's just, it's really frustrating. And, um, you know, we spent, golly, I, I was on the phone with the league office you know, an hour after the game and, and was on the phone with them for the next three days talking through this and, um, you know, ultimately, you know, kind of got what we thought we would get from them and, and, you know, a recognition that there was a mistake. And, um, you know, I guess at that point, that's really all you can ask for and hope that, you know, in the future that it won't happen again, but it certainly doesn't give you that touchdown and, and give you that game. And, and that's what's really frustrating. You know, the, the, these these games are so impactful. I mean, there's livelihoods, there's, you know, student athletes that are fighting their guts out out there to, to win and perform. And um, you just want to get those things right. And, and obviously, you know, that was handled uh, the wrong way and, and, and was not done right. And so uh, certainly voiced my opinion uh, kind of behind behind the scenes and, uh, you know, we, we know Coach Kiffin, um, you know, talked a lot about pennies and, and different things, uh, which, was, which was pretty funny out there. Um, but uh, but I, I do think that, you know, Jason, we got our point across to the league office that, that this was not right. And, and I think they know that. They understand that. And, uh, you know, hopefully we build some equity, you know, as we move forward. And, and maybe we'll get the flip side of a, a call like that in the future. But uh, you're right. We're, we're all competitive. We want to win. Uh, we, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're here to do. We want to win at whatever we're doing, whether it's getting a degree, whether it's community service, uh, whether it's playing on the football field in Baltimore Hemingway Stadium, we want to win. And, uh, you know, to have that situation happen uh, was, was really tough. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you gotta, you got to fight for it. you got to voice your opinion. Uh, but guess what? you got another game the next week that you got to prepare for, so that's what we did. I'm curious to know what the reaction is that, that you get when you're in the community, when you're out and about, when you're doing rep talk during the week, or when you're just out and about, grabbing dinner, whatever the case is, because the response to me from the fans and the students so far this year has been pretty positive. What, what kind of response do you get when you're out and about? Yeah, I, I think it's the same. I, mean, I think it's been positive. Um, you know, I think just the good part is that people are talking about it. You know, I think we had gotten to a point um, in our program where there was a little bit of apathy. You know, people weren't weren't talking about it. To me, to me you'd rather have a, a, a fan base that's you know, really passionate either in a good way or a bad way. You, you don't want them not talking about it. And so um, to me, as I go around the square or go to church or, or whatever, you, you've got the buzz. There's people talking about our, our team and our coach and, you know, all of those things. But, uh, yeah, I think it's been positive. I, I think there has been some discussion on, 
you know, the Auburn game and, and just some of the events of, you know, that have happened, the Arkansas game where we didn't play as well, um, because people see the potential. You know, they, they, they see what can happen. And, you know, what I have to talk to them a lot about is, you know, this is a process. You know, we, we've seen these great things that happened even in the Alabama game where we lost and, you know, just this, these offensive numbers that have been so good. Um, but this is Coach Kiffin's first year, and he was brought here for a reason because we, we had some issues with winning games. And it's going to take a while to get where we want to be. And so I think sometimes the fan base forget, you know, that this is year one, that this is going to be a process because they've seen some of the great things that we've done on the field. So just tempering those expectations a little bit for now. The, the long-term expectations are extremely, extremely high. But uh, it is going to be a journey to get there. But uh, it has been fun. You know, the buzz around Oxford, you know, you hate it in a, in a COVID year where people can't come and enjoy Oxford and go to the Grove and do all those things because uh, it is an extremely exciting time. Yeah, you talked about an extremely exciting time. I mean, when you look at some of the other sports, I mean, it feels like there's a crescendo. We're coming to a, a crescendo moment with Ole Miss Athletics, and this had to be what, what you envisioned when you were named the full-time athletic director because you've got the, the men's basketball team. Kermit Davis has done a phenomenal job. He just added some more pieces. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around the basketball program, the women's basketball program, putting together some nice recruiting classes, the golf teams, uh, the baseball team. We'll, we'll carry a winning streak whenever we uh, start playing baseball again. I mean, there's there's a lot of buzz around the entire athletic department. Uh, where do you see this athletic department, say, in another year? Because it seems like we are headed towards a crescendo moment where everything's coming together all at the same time. Is that Am I too far off with, with seeing it that way? No, I think you're, you're spot on. And I appreciate that question because a lot of times, you know, people do want to talk about football and um, we've got some great things going on in our, in our other sports. Um, you know, you mentioned men's basketball, women's basketball. You know, we've got a game in, you know, two weeks from today. And so, uh, you know, we're playing basketball, excited about both of those teams. I think Kermit's team, you know, has a chance to be a tournament team for sure. And, and then, you know, Coach Yo, a little bit more of a rebuild for her. Um, but he's really excited about some of her young players that, that are going to be out on the court this year and, and what she's doing with that program. Uh, I think all of our spring sports have a chance. Uh, to be really, really good. I think we've got a couple of them that have a chance to win a national championship, honestly. Um, and, and so really excited about the spring sport. Um, and, you know, and, and you look at what we've done in soccer, finished the season four and four, and the number six seed going into the SEC tournament this weekend. Volleyball struggled a, a little bit, but, you know, a new coach there trying to build a program, uh, which I know she will. And, and then obviously, you know, Jamie Traxel in, in, in softball, um, you know, that program's been doing really well. Uh, had to make a change there, and, and I know that she's going to be that, you know, kind of that final component that, that hopefully will get us to Oklahoma City on a on a regular basis. So um, I think you're right. I think we're we're set up in a really good spot in all of our sports. You know, both golf, both tennises, uh, you know, are doing well. Cross country uh, did extremely well in the SEC meet. So I think we've got a lot of positive uh, vibe and positive buzz around our athletic department right now, and um, just need to you know do what we can, take it day by day, fight these COVID challenges that we have, and. Uh, I have a feeling that, you know, competitively we're going to end up in some really good spots. I want to talk about Dr. Boyce because the relationship that you guys have, it, it just works. Sometimes it's not the right cocktail. It's not the right mix, depending on the school. Sometimes it's all about timing. The timing and the mix and the chemistry seems to be there. Just just based on conversations with Dr. Boyce, conversations with you, everything has come together. And you guys seem to, to work really well together. What can you say about your boss? Well, I, I think you're right. I mean, he, he's, um, first of all, he, he cares about athletics. And I think that's so important. You know, he's a, 
I called him the other day. We were together, and I, I said something about you being an old coach, and and uh, he joked that I meant that he was old. I said, no, not that you're old, but your old profession was a coach, and uh, and he, he was kind of ribbing me on that a little bit. But he uh, he understands athletics, and I think he understands that you know successful athletics only helps the brand of the university. And you know he's been fantastic. What I love about about Glenn is the fact that. You know, he, he supports, he gives resources, he does all those things, but he lets us do our job. You know, he lets me, he lets me manage athletics. He lets me run our department. Um, and then, you know, obviously we have a close relationship. I try to keep him in the loop on, on everything that's going on and certainly seek his advice for, for different things. Um, but he, he's a great boss. He really is. He's the type of guy that we're actually going down to the coast tonight for a donor event together and, you're really excited about that. You know, he, he's, he's, a, per, he's a, a boss that, you know, not only is he your boss, but he's somebody you like hanging out with, you can carry a conversation with, um, a lot of things in common. So uh, I'm just excited. You know, with him being new, with me being new, Coach Kiffin being new, um, you know, I think there's just a, a good buzz around the university right now, and uh, I think there's some really cool things to come. Okay, so you set me up for a perfect segue into the next question because the last time that, that we sat down face-to-face was – for audibles and we talked about your playlist what, what are you listening to so we heard everything from tracy lawrence to a little brooks and dunn so what's on the playlist tonight on the trip down i mean i know you guys will be chatting but at some point you got to think some music's going to come on right so so what's on the playlist right now yeah I, i'm probably right there where i was before <laughs> um you know I'm, I'm a i'm a 90s country guy um you know my my seven-year-old um I have three kids four, uh, 16 14 and seven and we all share an Amazon uh, account, and everybody has their playlist. And so I've been actually listening to my son's playlist, uh, which has got some interesting. Uh, it's got some of the weekend and some different things. But uh, but I, I, it, my my old standby is always going to go back to some '90s country. Um, it just takes me back to you know riding down roads in this 1985 Ford pickup in, in Perry County, Arkansas. Um, and, and those were fun days. So, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Tracy Lawrence, uh, Alan Jackson has been kind of on the playlist lately. Some of, nice. some of his early stuff, uh, which kind of drives my family crazy, but, um, <laughs> but I, I enjoy that. And, and again, it, it kind of takes me to my, to my happy place. Well, look, I, I always enjoy chatting with you. I mean, you, you're just so personable and, and easy to talk to and relatable. And I think that's why you've had the success you've had. Obviously we, we discussed the faith element of it back uh, in July and August. That's an important piece of my life and your life. And so I think that is the biggest reason that you've been successful, obviously, but uh, thanks for always willing to just jump on and chit chat and uh, hope, hope to see you down the road real soon. Yep. No doubt, Jason. Good to talk to you and uh, hope all's well. He's Keith Carter. He's the director of athletics at Ole Miss joining us here on Just Say. And we take a break. Back with more in a moment here on the Spirit Media Network. You often hear about Mississippi's best kept secrets. If you're looking for the perfect place for your next weekend getaway or the just right setting for your wedding reception, look no further than the best kept secret in Mississippi, the Cart Barn Inn. The Cart Barn Inn is tucked away in Bruce, Mississippi, less than 30 minutes from Oxford and is a full service bed and breakfast. Each room at the Cart Barn Inn is fully furnished, including flat screen TVs, microwaves, refrigerators, wireless internet, comfortable seating areas, and docking stations for your smartphones just in case you forgot your charger. Enjoy breakfast in the morning or a nice evening walk in our privately fenced in courtyard. Enjoy the game outside on our patio area or take a walk on our boardwalk to our private gazebo. Kay Tyler and her staff will meet every expectation during your stay. Call and book your reservation today at 662 662- 
972-983-7829 or log on to cartbarnin.com. Cart Barn Inn, the best kept secret in Mississippi. here on Just Saying. Glad that you're hanging out with us as we are back after a little bit of a hiatus and and just want to say once again thanks to everybody for the well wishes. Uh, I did read them and thank you to everyone who wished me well over the last couple of weeks or so. We are back and uh, boy, pretty packed show this episode and now we welcome in our good friend. We just call him Coach. He's coach of everything, not just football. I mean, he's a friend. He's a, a confidant. I just call him Coach. He's Coach Max Howell. He joins us on the KDMC guest line now to talk a little college football. And this season, we're kind of at the halfway point of the SEC football season. There's some surprises. Then there's uh, some things you kind of expected. What stood out to you so far? Well, you know, I think the turnaround at Arkansas, Jason, is one of the biggest things that stood out uh, at me. The, the fact is, is you know, they, they took a guy that had no head coaching experience, but a career assistant guy. I already committed. Uh, if he took the job, that would be his last job. He wouldn't be coaching. Uh, and oddly enough, now he can't make the trip to Florida this week with Arkansas because he came down with the virus, per se. But I don't think that would deter his efforts. Uh, he's done a remarkable job. I, I think a lot of us watch, had to watch that program. And we knew that there was some inter- had to be an internal conflict going on for whatever reason. And sure enough, once they changed athletic directors and, uh, you know, they went through another coach there to get that straightened out, they have. I think they got the right guy there. there. So, so I'm, I'm saying right now probably the biggest surprise is, the, uh, you know, the insurgent of the University of Arkansas. It, you know, I think if they win two more ball games, he's certainly going to be the running for coach of the year in the Southeastern Oh, I've been impressed with what Pittman's done. I mean, just the attitude. And, you know, I'll be honest, there were some – always laugh at some of the experts, if you will, some of the talking <laughs> heads around. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, because yeah, the hire of Pittman was not well received in some circles. He was even being made fun of because of his boisterous personality and the yes, sir, and all that. Yeah. But it's turned out to be – a really good hire. He fits with that program. Some coaches just don't fit. He fits with that right. program. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. He does. It, he, it stands out on top of that. The kids love him the way he handles the thing. He's, you know, basically in, in public and all he's low-key. Uh, but, it, you know, I guarantee you at practice and the meetings, he probably raises that big old boss occasionally <laughs> to make his point. Uh, but I, I agree. I, I think he's he was the right guy for the right job. And, Sometimes the people making those decisions might know a little bit more than the fan base. <laughs> Maybe. Just a little don't, bit. No pun intended. Just, you know, that's, just, that's the way life is. When you look at Jimbo Fisher, you know, you and I have had a lot of discussions about him on air, off air, and everywhere in between. This season so far, we don't know how it's going to end. Still got some uh, some tough games out there, but but how do you see this season in terms of kind of cooling that seat off for Jimbo just a little bit? Do you think that seat's getting a little cooler with the performance so far this year? I don't think there's any doubt. He stepped it up. He stepped his game up, and the team responded to that. Uh, Kelly Mudd now has set the all-time record in throwing the football. Uh, it, it, you know, it takes A&M, and A&M, and certainly rightly so. They've gotten a lot better since that opening ball game where, you know, basically allowed to – they've got, what, 24 points, I believe. 
So, yeah, I, I think he's, you know, he stepped it up. But I think between me and you, he had to, Jason. I mean, the seat would have gotten extremely hot if he ended up with a 5-5 five and five record this year. Mm. Uh, I just think, you know, I, it, I'm not real sure he'll go undefeated. That last ball game, he's got to go to Auburn. Uh, not only Auburn, as you well know, is a tough, tough going place to play. But he didn't do too well there. He's, he's led in the last two years, the last two times I've been there. I believe he's led going into the fourth quarter and got beat. So, you know, that that I'm sure that's in his back of his mind. But, of course, he's got to get there first. Uh, and, and so, of course, we're getting swamped now this time of the year with uh, postponed games. And, I, you know, I scratch my head about that. And I understand what the SEC does with the number of kids, and I think that's rightly so. I don't know how they came up with that arbitrary number of 50. Thinking you got to have 53 that can play. The LSU had already put out yesterday, I believe, that they were, they were using uh, substitutes and walk-ons and everywhere else to, to line up against Alabama. Not not a bad call for LSU uh, right now under the circumstances because the, I saw the line go in five in, in one day move up five points. It went from 24 to 49 yesterday. And uh, at that rate, it'll be 50 percent. And I'm not sure. And I'm not sure Alabama would cover. <laughs> yeah, you, you and I talked about that over the weekend last weekend, and we're, we're just talking about how that that game Alabama could can name their score. Just to kind of touch on that, the Alabama LSU game at the time of this recording has been postponed until further notice. Let's see here. I'm looking at the press release. Also, Texas A&M. At Tennessee, those games have been postponed. Let's see, the Auburn at Mississippi State and Texas A&M at Tennessee games have been tentatively rescheduled for December 12th. LSU has a game tentatively scheduled for December 12th. The opportunity to reschedule the Alabama and LSU game will need to be evaluated. So you've got a, a lot of games you're trying to scrunch in here uh, late in the or early December. Can they get all these games in? You know, because you're talking about what three games that are canceled already for or postponed for this coming weekend. I mean, can they get all these games in? Can you imagine a, a season? I just kind of did a, a shotgun question there, but can you imagine a season without Alabama LSU? No, they you know they can play Christmas Day or Christmas Eve <laughs> night. You know, it'd be a ho 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 game to say the least. But I, you know, I, I I think I think I'm right on this. I don't think the SEC allowed them for maybe one or two weekends for makeups, but they did have enough foresight to allow for makeups. So the conference didn't, you know, because they started so late, they didn't even give you the time. If they get a cancellation, it's over. I mean, they just take that game off. And I think all that is to be said, and you and I have talked about this before, Jason, is the committee needs to go ahead and come out with a, a minimum number of games. That way the fan base out there, wherever you are, you can kind of start to visualize what the playoffs going to look like. And half, half the you know, excitement about the playoff is, is the two or three weeks leading up to it. And where's your team going to fall? So, I, you know, and then – of course, you know, we, we get into this later, I, I don't understand, but uh, right now, it, I, it certainly appears to me it's not the four teams that really can make it, and they are the top four. So, I, you know, it depends on what, it, what uh, Texas A&M does. I know Cincinnati is still out there. I don't believe Florida can beat Alabama uh, in the SEC game. So, I sure don't believe right now that any conference going to have more than one team. Uh, now, if they keep falling out like they are, you know, maybe an A-16, A-16 national championship this year. 
uh, we'll take two teams from each league. He's Coach Max Howell. He is our college football expert and insider joining us here on the KDMC Guest Line. Georgia, you and I talked about Kirby Smart over the weekend. Where do they go from here? Because Florida was the game they had marked. Hey, we're going to show Florida. We're going to keep the winning streak going. We're going to... We're going to knock Dan Mullen off his pedestal, and, and none of that happened. It went completely the other way. So, for Georgia fans, where do you go from here? Because this is kind of becoming it, it, the same song every year for Georgia. It has. Well, I, I think it, it all it, it all reverts back. To, you don't have a quarterback. You know, basically, I don't know where Kirby's doing. A remarkable job at recruiting. He's built that program. But you know what? Right now, they're basically a two-to-two program. Uh, excuse me, I believe that's what Mark Rick was for 15 years. <laughs> and they were sad, and they weren't satisfied with that. So you know what you got. But you know, I, and I just read, I listened to Kobe yesterday at his at his press conference. And you know, right now they aren't bringing JT Daniels in. I still contend he's hurt. He came down hurt. He's still not ready to play for whatever reason. Uh, now they know that Bennett's got a, a, a slight dislocation in his shoulder after a hit he took. So the best kid uh, is the, the number three guy. If you saw him play Saturday, that kid has a hard time. You know, I just don't believe he can do it. I, I just don't believe he can move it too. I think the day is gone, Jason, where you can have a, a, a considerable good running game and a strong defense and win championships. I don't believe you can do it anymore. I think you better have a, an outstanding offense, an adequate defense, and a good kicking game. Uh, and then I think you got to be smart on the sidelines. The club management and substitution patterns are absolutely imperative. Uh, and I think Georgia lacks in some of that, to tell you the truth. I'm going to stay in the East because you and I, we, we covered a lot of this over the weekend. And, you know, I was like, man, people need to hear some of these conversations. Not all the conversations you and I have, but 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 some of it. I want to stay in the East and, and talk about Will Muschamp because I, I was asked this question on a radio show last week. How much longer does Muschamp have at South Carolina? And I didn't have a good answer. I said, well, it, it shouldn't be long. And I'm a Muschamp fan. I like Will Muschamp, but I just don't see him as a head football coach. Am, am I off base with, with thinking he can't be a head coach? No, I, I think he's already proven. He's tried it at Florida. Didn't work. So he went to Auburn in between and did very well as a coordinator. That's why he got the South Carolina job. Uh, I, and I've been there the same thing, and I'm going to tell you my answer to it. Uh, when you guys ready to write a $15 million check, he'll go. <laughs> and I had heard, I had anybody, and not one soul volunteered to step up. <laughs> do that, and and I really do believe my my daughter and son-in-law are six, uh, season ticket over. She's a assistant to the Supreme Court justice in South Carolina, so I know she stays. She's in touch with the politics of what goes on over there, uh, particularly the athletic department. Uh, so it's very, it's very. I mean, she's an astute fan. I mean, I used to take her to practice when I had to leave her in a in a, in a buggy. Uh, to watch us practice. So, I mean, she's been raised in the, in the game, and she's pretty knowledgeable about it. And she says, until, you know, until the boosters, you know, have had enough. And she said, it is an undercurrent in Columbia right now that they aren't happy. Not, you know, in, in all fairness, Jason, you, you watch again. It's not just losing. It's the way you lose. You know, if, if you, if they're, they're really not a sound football team. I don't know where it's a lack of overall talent. Uh, or where it's just coaching mistakes. I, I have not been able to put a boot. I'll be honest with you, I don't watch, you know, 60 minutes of South Carolina football. <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like watching paint dry. 
So, I mean, I'll flip through and watch a few series, and then I go to the club because they're just not, you know, it's not an exciting brand. There's too much other opportunities out there, and fans are, are making that same choice, I think, there. So, I, I don't know. I think I think the only hope he's got is the fact is it's, it is a really a, a screwed-up 2020 year. The money is so big on the outside, out in for him, from the university. They may give him one more year. Uh, but if he loses out from here out, I don't know. They may, you know, they may pass the plate. They may, they may put those three guys on the corner if they're with a bucket and try to raise the money. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of guys that I'm staying in the East, Tennessee, what is the deal with Tennessee? Because – they were ranked preseason, and I remember when I saw that come down, I was like, why are they ranked preseason? I've never understood rankings. I still don't. But they were they were ranked preseason top 25, and, and they've kind of hung around. What's the deal at Tennessee? Is Jeremy Pruitt, is he the long-term answer, or are they going to have to go another direction here? Well, I, I'm going to tell you exactly the word I'm hearing. First of all, let's go back why we're ranked in one six in a row last year. They had most everybody back. Uh, they had a starting quarterback back, and that always plays a major role. But uh, he hasn't proved out to be the, the guy. Uh, they went through three quarterbacks uh, this past weekend at Arkansas. And they, they have not proven they can they can do it. I don't. It's something again internally. Uh, where I don't know if he's recruiting the right kids or he's getting the most out of them. I don't. I've not been able to put my finger on it. But I do know there's a movement internally uh, to, to have a coaching change. The, the difference between Tennessee. In South Carolina, they can write the check, uh, but but first of all, his contract's not usually what most champs is. The buyouts, and I think the buyout is six or eight million dollars. Well, you know, for most of us, that's a lot of money. But to, when you get to a program like that, when you got a, a football budget of seventy eight million, then uh, you know they could probably come up with that. So I say that to tell you, to say to you, his salvation is going to be Phil Fulton. Uh, Phil got him there. Uh, he's he's shielding for most of the you know, controversy that surrounds the program. Uh, and I got to give it to Coach Fulton. He's, he's, he's got the hold of that. Three years ago, that department, that football side of the athletic department, Jason, was $5 million in the red uh, because of internal mismanagement more than anything else. Few programs in the country have been through three presidents, four or five athletic directors, and three or four coaches in the last five years, six years, I believe. So, you know, when you've got that much turmoil, the only – only program in America in this part, I say, in this part of the country, uh, they can survive that's Alabama. And Dick Saban is is the stable in force over there. And you know he turns over coaches three, four, five a year uh, because they flock to get to get get their name on his roster, so he they coach with him. So, but there those kind of guys are few and far between. So back to your original question, uh, I know that there's an underlying current over there for, for Coach Jade. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you the word is right now. They call that Hugh Freeze. Wow. <laughs> Hugh Freeze to Tennessee. Wow. Now well, that... they, that's not the only only program that's going after it. I mean, I, and I'm talking to folks that can make those decisions. Yeah. Tom Herman has become Pee Wee Herman. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he's, he's a, I think he's a short-termer, too. They should have lost to West Virginia this weekend. I watched that ball game. Uh, they should have lost. They they, they won at seventeen thirteen, and uh, West Virginia had a, a I mean a bad interference ball in the end zone uh, to score. And they they did brutally a touchdown, brought it back out, and the game was over. It was the latest last play of the game, and uh, well, right uh, I think they let them run one four. 
but two, but West Virginia should have beaten Texas at Texas in Austin this weekend. So see that there's some there's some other programs out there that's. And so the line, and I understand that Hugh Freeze's name is right at the top of that one as well. So I'm going to segue from Hugh Freeze, <laughs> sorry Mississippi State fans, to to Mississippi State. What in the world's going on there? What in the world's going on? I mean that that's kind of a, a broad question. So so I'll break it down this way: Does Mike Leach make it past two seasons in Starville? In your opinion? Well. That you know that that we you're not talking about that, and I've I've really got three or four really really close friends that are contributors to that program. So I stay in touch with them. It, there, there's beginning to be some doubt, and I and I tell you why. I mean, it's nothing personal against Mike, but uh, and I know probably John Cohen will end up hearing some of this. And I'll I'll tell you, give me a, give give me his phone, give me my phone number, be fine, uh, because I've had him on many times before he got to where he is now. But the fact is, is that. I'm not real sure Mike Leach comes to Mississippi State with a really a good resume. But you look at where he coached to get those numbers was in the Big 12, in the Pac-12, at Texas Tech and at Washington State. And Jason, they don't play defense in those leagues. And, you know, he had quarterbacks that could read either zone or man coverage. They rarely ever use any kind of combos. I looked at, I watched that game against uh, LSU. And, uh, of course, you know my opinion about that defense side of the ball, and, uh, and, and they picked it up very well and won. It scored 40 points against LSU. Well, I'm, I'm thinking now, and I made the comment to a group the other night, is that the difference in where he is today and where he has been, these defensive coordinators at the Southeastern Conference, they can, they can change coverage on you during the play. I'm not talking about it. Mm-hmm. They change in the quarter or halftime. These guys are extremely bright. Now, I'll say this. In Mike's defense, if he gets as much talent at Mississippi State as Alabama's got, then that can overcome some of that. But uh, you've been around a long time, and it's extremely tough to consistently bring, you know, four and five-star players, you know, a whole team of them to start. That's just a hard recruiting job. And so I I say all that to you to say, I think one or two things, he's going to have to change his system a little bit. It fits his personnel. I am a little surprised and mistaken. Anytime you got to change, you will have what I call collateral damage. You will have kids leave the program. And uh, I'm surprised it took them three or four weeks into the season to decide. They lost nine last week, uh, players. And so now they're down to with that without Costello. Uh, he suffered now from the results of a concussion. They got one scholarship quarterback. And I understand this week in practice, They've been using one of the punters as a number two quarterback. Mm. So, you know, when you get to that point and you've got to play in the SEC West, uh, that could be be harmful to your health, I'll tell you. (laughs) So let me switch to Oxford because we go from gloom and doom and Starville. Things are looking up in Oxford. You know, Kiffin is doing this with a – or just the large portion of what he's doing this with and and all these numbers – are sophomores. There's not a ton of juniors and seniors. You know, Corral's a redshirt sophomore. Elijah Moore's a junior. You've got Ely and Snoop Connor in the backfield. I mean, Ole Miss is is leading the SEC in rushing for Pete's sake. So, you know, Kiffin is doing what people expected him to do at Ole Miss. Uh, Where does Ole Miss go from where they are right now, and how do you see this story unfolding, Kiffin and Oxford? Oh, I think think he's on a roll. I really do. I I think think I think, first of all, Lane changed his, I don't want to say personality, but he changed his 
personal image is a better word, I think. And he did. And he did it for the better. And it's working right now. He's staying more or less low-key as a, as a football coach. You know, we didn't think about his, his outside life, or, you know, outside the football arena. Uh, he's handled, the, you know, the virus thing very well, I think. Uh, I think Keith Carter had a lot to do with that, David the day. And I think he and Keith Carter get along well. And I think that's, that's a smart thing to do uh, with the coming to a program. But he, he, he did inherit some talent. But I'm thinking the main thing, he's coaching well. Uh, and by doing that, you know, basically, you're going to have success. He should have won the Albert game. or things in doubt about that. But uh, he didn't. He, 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 you know, he had his little fun, and that's all he put about his business. But uh, I think he got his message across. And, uh, and I think the kids love him for that. And I think that's, you know, that's a key point when you're in a program that really you have to fight and scratch to get talent uh, there. But he's made the most of what he's got. I think the program certainly will All right, before I let you go, three of the seven games scheduled for this weekend, as we mentioned earlier in the interview, have been postponed. Alabama at LSU, that's been pushed back. Don't know when that will be rescheduled. A&M at Tennessee. And, of course, earlier this week, Auburn at Mississippi State. So out of the games that are left, number 12, Georgia at Missouri, Vanderbilt at Kentucky. You've got Arkansas at number six, Florida. And South Carolina at Ole Miss. Which of those games do you feel like are going to be sneaky good? I think Missouri, Georgia, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, the quarterback situation uh, is, you know, still up in the air at Georgia. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, who's going to play? Uh, and one thing, one thing about Missouri—they've gotten a little bit better. They really have, have been a physical football team anyway. And uh, you let them get to, you know, you let them get to that uh, those big tackles running around in the backfield. They'll knock you down in a heartbeat. So, uh, you know, Georgia's, Georgia's defense is good enough to stop that. That ball game could be, you know, I you for me say is, I think maybe you were there too. I, I sit through Mississippi State and Auburn with a complete team. I'm not sure that this – I don't think this will be quite that bad, but uh, I bet the over is low with 40 in this ball Oof. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I think that's going to be one that's going to be kind of sneaky good old-time you know, slobber knockers when it comes to line up and hit them in the mouth. Always appreciate it, Coach. I appreciate your friendship and, and just being a, being willing to jump on just whenever and talk college football and uh, always appreciate your insight. And, and, and I just have so much fun every time we get to do this. And I hope you'll jump back on with us again soon here on the podcast and, and hope you enjoy your, your football weekend coming up. Well, I, you know, I hate the, these three. I understand it. I hate them too, but we'll, you know, we'll find a way. Uh, just remember it. It took you about, what, five minutes from the time you text me that you called. <laughs> so I didn't need any preparation for this. No, you didn't. <laughs> when, when, you, when your lifestyle for 25 or 30 years has been that, you know, it's, it's like my dad said, if you practice up 10,000 hours, you better go in and get out of the business. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I've done with my life. Well, we're still thankful to have your insight, Coach, and uh, hope we can do it again. Always good to talk to you. You call me anytime, Jason. Always my pleasure. He's Coach Max Howell, the one and only, formerly of Conference Call Southern Sports Tonight and all around the SEC and college football. Appreciate his insight as always. We take a break. We're back with more Just Saying right here on the Spirit Media Network. King's Daughters Medical Center and Brookhaven Urology are pleased to announce the addition of Dr. Joel Duff to their medical staff. Dr. Duff specializes in general urology, kidney stones, men's and women's urological health, and diagnosing and treating urologic cancers. 
Don't let these health issues restrict your lifestyle and keep you from enjoying life with your family and friends. Dr. Duff and the staff at Brookhaven Urology are here to serve your needs. To make your appointment, call 601-833-5713 today. When it comes to cooking meals, drying clothes, heating water, and my home, natural gas from Centerpoint Energy is the best way to go. It saves money, offers comfort, and is better for the environment. So whether you're buying a new home or just replacing appliances, go with clean-burning, affordable natural gas from right here in the U.S. At Centerpoint Energy, we are investing in infrastructure to help bring comfort and savings to you. Visit centerpointenergy.com slash natural gas benefits to learn more. Centerpoint Energy, always there. Whew, the show flew by, didn't it? Thanks so much for hanging out with us here in the latest episode of Just Saying. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back next time. We'll be back more frequently now that yours truly has gotten out of the hospital, had the surgery, gotten out of the hospital. So glad to be back with all of you. Pretty cool show. Thanks to Max Howell, college football insider. Thanks to him for joining us, giving us his insight on what's going on in college football. I want to say thanks to Keith Carter. Director of Athletics up at Ole Miss for hanging out with us for a few minutes. And also to Ben Mintz, the newest addition to Barstool Sports, Barstool Mincy on Instagram and also on Twitter. Follow his story. It's a unique story. And we continue to watch that unfold with great anticipation. So as we always do, we will leave you with a verse, a word of the day. In today's word of the day, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. That is your word of the day, presented to you in part by our friends down at KDMC. Have a phenomenal week. Don't forget you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search for Spirit Media Network. We encourage you to subscribe and subscribe to this podcast and pass it on to a few friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter under Spirit Media Network. We're on Twitter, Spirit Media MS. And check out our website. Learn about yours truly and the rest of our team, spiritmedianet.com. Have a phenomenal remainder of the week, folks. Be safe, be good to each other, and we'll see you next time on The Spirit media network thanks for listening to just saying with jason scarborough produced and recorded by the spirit media network check us out on itunes spotify stitcher or the tune in radio app we'll see you next time for more thought-provoking commentary right here on just saying with jason scarborough